church, family, theology, news, entertainment, evangelism. If it's Christian, then we're talking about it. This is the Mike Charleston Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Mike Charleston and we are back and this is a little bonus uh, episode, bonus episode, I guess. We are with my wife, I am with my wife today. We are here together. Uh, Sarah Charleston is joining us today. Hello everybody. Yes. Glad to be here. Yes, we need her to talk a little bit more. Uh, This is to draw the ladies in. Uh, They've been waiting for Sarah to talk. Uh, They really don't want to hear me talk. They want to hear Sarah talk. So Sarah is here, and we are going to be talking about hospitality today, something that's right up our alley a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say we're professionals at it, but we sure do it pretty often. Lots of experience, for sure. Lots of experience. The good, the bad, the ugly, right? Yep. So, but before we do that, we want to just talk a little bit about some things that have been going on in our life. And last Thursday, we had uh, a weird episode. We were having Bible study, and after Bible study, we're just talking with our friends upstairs. And Hannah, our daughter, she's like, what is that outside? And we go out in the balcony, and we look, and there is lights in the sky. But it's not the afters. It was real lights. <laughs> it was the the lights in a in like a train. It was weird. It was these lights just going across the sky. It almost looked like they were wrapping around something. I'm not exactly sure what it was. We were were looking and it, we thought they were stars. It could have been stars. At first we thought oh there's planes, but there was like ended up being like sixty of them. And we, we freaked out. We were like, this is it, right? This is the rapture. Uh, we're going home. Uh, or worse, we're being invaded. Yeah, well, I didn't see it at first because um, I was inside cleaning up the kitchen from the mess of the night. And Hannah came in to get some binoculars. And she said, Mom, you need to go outside and look. Like, I don't know what's happening outside. So I quickly went out where everybody was gazing up at the sky and wasn't sure what to think. Exactly. So we... We have a bunch of kids, and there was a lot of young people there. Well, actually, it was just another family. But we were speculating wildly uh, anything from aliens, which we don't believe in, <laughs> to Jesus coming back, to an invasion. We had no clue. Uh, my son, Jeremiah, which is not on the board, by the way. Joshua is with us today on the board, right? Joshua's here. He really can't say hi. There's no microphone. He could say hi, but you could barely hear him. Say hi. Hi. Yeah. Might not. <laughs> so Jeremiah was like, well, can you imagine these people groups that aren't very well educated or right? They're technolo- t- technologically unadvanced. Right. I don't even know if that's a word. They're unadvanced, <laughs> but they don't really have much knowledge. He's like, what could, what do you imagine they would say? I, I said, son, I, I mean, look what you guys are saying and you guys are supposedly educated so they probably would freak out too especially them those groups that study the stars and all of a sudden here's this line it was bizarre it was actually kind of cool to see so sarah my wife instead of enjoying the speculation she actually looks it up 
Well, I stood there while everybody's talking, making all their guesses as to what it was. And I was trying to think of how to search because I figured somebody had to have gone online and posted something about this. So I was thinking, how do you search like random lights, a train of lights in the sky? And eventually I, I figured out something to look up and it came right up. It came right up and it so happens to be less exciting than everything that we speculated about. <laughs> it was actually Elon Musk's satellites from a SpaceX program, the Starlink train, all these satellites getting sent up. Actually tonight, uh, if you look well, where we are, about 9.15 or something like that, we yeah. can look up at the sky and see 60 more uh, around the Big Dipper. So of course well, that doesn't help you if you're listening to the podcast days later. And it doesn't help if it's cloudy. Yeah, it was very cloudy last <laughs> night, so we didn't see anything. But you can look it up online, the SpaceX Starlink train. There's people who track this stuff. And so you can go out to the sky and look and, and see. But you won't be as freaked out as we were because now you know. But it was kind of exciting. You don't get to see that stuff too much. I, I don't believe in those weird alien people that, oh, I saw the aliens. And here I was starting to doubt myself. Like, what is this? Not really, but it was uh, it was uh, kind of fun to go out there and look and just be curious about something. It's not very often that we're just curious about the things in the sky anymore. Right. And here we have these lights lighting up the sky, and then you have no sound with them. Like it wasn't train. I mean, it wasn't in the train. It wasn't a train. It wasn't a, a airplane. It wasn't helicopters, and they were in sync here it was it was just freaky it was uh really freaky but it was but, pretty cool to see everybody gazing up at the sky and you know several people talking about the rapture because after seeing rapture movies where it's like slow right. motion you thought hey maybe you know maybe. let's get ready and that was your picture if you would have taken us looking up yeah. uh, where's a bible verse that you were thinking of oh um Oh, the one that says that we should always be waiting for his return, longing for his return. Something like that. Looking, like, Here we are. We're all waiting. We're all looking and Watching. waiting. And unfortunately, it was just Elon Musk yeah. messing with us. Oh, wow. But I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to take a break right now. And what we're going to do is come back. We're going to talk hospitality. So this is, this is a bonus segment. But this actually has to do somewhat with the church, especially the way we do church. So this will be kind of uh, a segment that we could put as part of the, the house church type system or whatever you want to call that. But this is an important thing that Christians, I think, need to do. So we're going we're gonna to get out of here right now, and then we'll come back and we will talk hospitality with my wife. The Mike Charleston Podcast. The Mike Charleston Podcast. All right, we are back, and uh, we are going to be talking about hospitality. Uh, I hope that, that that music, the bumpers, aren't a little too edgy for some of you, but uh, we just found a website with some music, and, you know, my kids picked out some of them. I like some of that anyway. So we're going to be talking about hospitality, having people in your home and entertaining. Uh, to us, it is second nature. We, we've had many people in our house, especially in the last five, six years. Yep. Uh, that is a common thing in our house. We, we have seven children and 
they have friends and we have friends and we're constantly having people in and out of our house. So much so that we even have your parents living with us. <laughs> so no, we, we think this is a very important topic. Uh, my wife doesn't like to be in front of a microphone at all. Nope, not at all. Not at all. So this I felt like would be an easy layup for you so we can mm -hmm. talk hospitality. So babe, uh, that's what I call my wife. So uh, uh, hopefully you guys aren't offended with that. Um, I shouldn't say um. I had a friend point that out. I'm trying to stop saying um and mm. uh. So I am working very hard. We should have like a bell every time I say it. Ding. And uh, right there would have been a ding. So anyway, hey, what is hospitality? Um, there I go. I do it too. Uh, I When I think of hospitality, I think of welcoming people into your home, into your space and making people feel comfortable in your house. Making them feel welcome. Yep. Right. So the definition in the dictionary says the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors or strangers. So yeah, that's, it's very kind of vague actually. It's just, you have people at your house and you can say you're entertaining. Now there is, now this is a Bible podcast, you know, a, a church podcast. So in regards to the Bible, is it important to entertain people? I think it absolutely is. I think that there's many scriptures about one another and things that we should do to make people in the body of Christ, for sure, as well as strangers and people in the world to feel welcome. And so I think it's very important for everybody. Yes, we have, it goes all the way even back to uh, Leviticus. So like in like Levit Leviticus, what is that? Thank you, Bart's dad. Yes, that <laughs> Leviticus. Leviticus 19.34 says, But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. For ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So even uh, even way back in the Old Testament, the, the Jews who kept themselves separate from others were to actually embrace strangers now, you could say, well, the strangers were um, amongst their own people, maybe, but even outside, outsiders, they were to be very hospitable. They were to bring them in and treat them as their own family, their own sons and daughters, and, you know, as one that was born amongst them. So even way back in the Old Testament, this shows what we are to, to be. The heart of God is to be kind one to another. Right. What better way to do that than to have someone in your house? So babe, so some of the things that we can talk about, about being in our home, like what are some of the things that, uh, like I had a note here that opening your house to people is a risk. Why is that a risk? Well, when you go into someone's house or when people come into our house, it's a risk because you make yourself vulnerable because people learn a lot about you by coming into your house. They see Absolutely. what books you have. They see what movies you have. They see how big your TV is. They see how clean you are and they make judgments about how lazy you are or how disciplined you are. And your kids are in their own environment. So kids sometimes, especially when they're younger, don't know, oh, people are over, so we have to act differently. And so you're right. very vulnerable when you have people in your home. Which is not a terrible thing. I mean, we are not afraid. We are who we are. 
Yeah. We want to live our Christianity out in public, but we also want to live it privately. Right. And and, the, and we'll get into it later for church leaders. But to be a good example of of others, we want to. We don't want to be fake. We don't want to pretend that we're not something uh, that we're not. But we want to present ourselves as Christians, as people who are Absolutely. doing the work of of God. And the best way to do that is first and foremost in your marriage, right? Yeah. You see yep. each other all the time. I, I, I can either treat you kindly or I can treat you uh, with disrespect and... I, oh. pre I prefer the kindly. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of the other things that I don't do, right? Right. But we can, I can nitpick you and, and uh, look at the bad things that you do, but... Bad things? Well, yeah, oh, okay. you don't Just, do bad things. Yeah. <laughs> but the, we are to be kind and generous one to another... We're supposed to all these one another verses. There are there are like twenty one another things in the New Testament that if you just do a, it's a fun search. You just get online one time and do a one another search in your Bible, and you will be amazed at the things that you can do. Now, most people you can't accomplish that in the church that you're going to because you go and sit and be you're entertained. But what about regular life? You can surely do one another's in your daily life. The best way to do that is to start first and foremost with your husband, your wife, show right. them kindness and generosity, then with your children. And then you reach out to your neighbors right. and your, your friends. And that's a stretch sometimes. <laughs> a big stretch, right? Well, so, when you talk about hospitality, would you say, like some people want to say that it's a, a gift, but would you say it's for everybody in the body of Christ? So that's a good question. So everybody, I think, should be hospitable. Now, we're going to get into here when and who, and there, there are certain seasons in life where it's probably not for you right now. Like We just had a friend who recently had her husband passed away, and she's living by herself, and it's probably not the season that she's going to right. have a lot of people over and entertain uh, she needs to be entertained. She needs to be brought in right. to, to people's homes at that point. So is it for everyone? That's a good question. So we have a couple Bible verses here. It is most definitely for leadership, the leadership of the, the body of Christ in the church. So in Romans 12, 13, it says, we're in the middle of a sentence here, but we're just for the sake of time and all that. Distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. So a church mm -hmm. leader is given to hospitality. Titus 1.8 says, But a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, and temperate. This is part of a long list of other things that a, a elder yeah. bishop should be part of. Uh, should be, he's a lover of hospitality. A lover. And then... Uh, 1 Timothy 3, 2 says, A bishop then must be blameless, the, fa the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Once again, mm -hmm. this is part of a list here of things that a church leader should have. And so all these things that a church leader have, hospitality is on those lists. And yeah. it's one of those things. Now, let me ask you, you, you were raised in the church like I was. How many times did you go to your pastor's house? Um, just a couple times for Christmas caroling at the door and that's it. <laughs> oh, you weren't invited. Nope. That is probably, I never went to my pastor's house. Uh, he, he now lives just around the corner from my, well, he used to live around the corner from my parents. I don't know how many times they get to go to their house, but 
that doesn't happen very much in the church world today. Why do you suppose that is? It's a good question. Well, put you on the spot there. <laughs> uh, for one, pastors oftentimes have rather large churches. I mean, you could have hundreds of people or thousands, obviously, in the mega churches. That's way too many people to have over. And I think there's oftentimes just um, a different sort of feeling. Pastors meet with other pastors. They might have somebody from their staff over, but they're kind of on a different level than the rest of the people. That's what's kind of taught in Bible college, too, is don't get too close to the sheep. You are the leader. You're the head. You lead, and you can't lead if you get comfortable with the so-called sheep, right? Yeah. So they keep themselves at a distance and plus people don't want to be they don't want to interrupt the pastor because he's such this great powerful man right right absolutely but in the scriptures it is saying that the leader is supposed to do these things and i suspect it's because he's supposed to be a man of good example right a good example in how to treat his wife how to treat his children how to live a godly life right yep definitely so if he has that good example, what better way to see him than in his own home where you can look around and, hey, man, this guy is, you know, a godly man. I see how he treats his wife, see how he treats his kids. And yeah, you can put on a show. But if you do that often, you're not going to put on a show. Eventually, yeah. things are going to come out. Yep. And we're afraid to do that. I remember I was up in Minnesota uh, being a youth pastor and this lady, she was one of the pastors you know, uh, problem one, but she invited us in and let me and a friend stay the afternoon, take a nap. And cause we were coming in from Minneapolis and we were like an hour away. So we stayed the day there. Uh, she had a couple boys and they let us sleep in their room. Yeah. Well, I'm in the room. I look around and I see all their CDs and it's all this worldly junk worldly music Mm -hmm. and just looking at their room and i thought wow i didn't realize this about these young men so of course when we had a chance me and my friend we confronted them on it and just challenged them that what they're listening to what what is it well unfortunately their mom got mad at us and said you're not welcome in our house well that's the that's the thing what we're talking about how you're opening yourself up right now we use that to try to help them we weren't judging them we were just trying to help them along and say show them that these things aren't aren't very good but it is it is a a risk right it it gets uncomfortable when people are maybe asking you questions about something you have in your house or certain things well why do you do this or why do you have this and all of a sudden i have to have an answer you have to defend yourself (laughs) right what if they don't like your coffee well that could be a problem (laughs) (laughs) we don't drink so here's it's actually a good story so we don't we're not coffee drinkers Uh, me and my none of us really drink coffee i'm trying not to drink caffeine my wife doesn't like coffee we we just don't we're not coffee drinkers but we made an attempt years ago to be more hospitable yeah i know which people it shocks people sometimes (laughs) Uh, and what so what did we do well we went and bought a coffee maker one of those k-cup Makers, so, things. so people could just put their cup under and choose their little cup to go in there and have coffee. So it's probably not the best coffee. Eh, probably not. I have no idea. So I had a friend come come over one time, and he's probably listening to, and he's probably grimacing right now, and going, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe you're going to tell a story." But I'm not telling on you. You don't don't. No one knows your name. But he came up and said, "Mike, you know your your coffee's just awful." And I said, "That's what I've been trying to tell people. Coffee's nasty." But uh, but anyway, that's that just funny. But the uh, but the, the effort is there that 
we don't do this, but we want to make people at ease. Other people like it. So we know that this is for church leaders. What just what about the regular person in in church church life? Should they be hospitable? Well, like you say, I think everybody should. I think it's good to be open with people in your fellowship, whatever that might look like, and have people over and try to do some of those one another's. Right. So one example, we have Hebrews 13, 2. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Mm. How about that? Yikes. We might have entertained <laughs> an angel or two. I don't know about that. First uh, Peter 4, 9 says, use hosp- hospitality one to another without grudging. Hey, how about that one? Yeah. I struggle with that sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, we're going to have 100 people at our house. And that is not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> And I get worried about the bathroom situation, a parking situation. I want it to be so perfect that I kind of stress out about it a little bit. But it all works out, usually. It does. The without gudging sounds like the lover of hospitality. I think it should be a lover and not right. be grudging, yes. So, and then in 1 Timothy 5.10, uh, it says, Well reported of for good works. It's kind of in the middle of a sentence here. Well reported uh, oh, this was talking about like a uh, uh, widow indeed, I think, actually, kind of, kind of a qualification, a, a lady, uh, yeah. I want to check me on that, but well reported uh, of her good work, of, of good works, for she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she had washed the saints' feet, if she had relieved the afflicted, if she diligently followed every good work. So in that sentence, we're finding like things that she did. She mm. entertained strangers. She lodged strangers, not just entertained them, put them up for the night, right. washed the, the saints' feet. So this was things that she did in her home, right. invited people in her home and helped, helped you know, gave gave them food, gave them a place to stay. Right. Now, I know in our day and age, that can be a, a challenge sometimes, especially with strangers. We, we don't want to bring creeps into our house, right? Not with kids. <laughs> no, indeed. So we have to have a little wisdom. But can we at least first start with the church of God? Right. You know, Definitely. we had to, we built a, a room upstairs. We expanded our, our guest room to hold more right. people because we have families that have lots of kids too. And uh, we expanded a room uh, just for that aspect. Now you don't have to get all crazy like that, but we felt like we couldn't entertain or lodge people if we didn't have that. So we, uh, we added that on, right? Right. Which of course not everybody can do, but we had the space and had the time since it was during the lockdown. Yep, it was a lockdown, so why not? We had an empty space in our attic and we converted it. So anyway, so what's next then, babe? We got, um, so you want to get, uh, you know, some of the basic things that, out of the way, or do we want to go um, church meetings? Uh, I mean, church meetings is what we do. I know everyone listening to this podcast not is not necessarily a house church person, right? but we meet in our house on purpose, uh, and that is the... The hallmark of meeting your homes is you entertaining by right. nature. So we right. do this every week for the most part. We have Bible studies in our house. We don't have a church building to go to. So everyone knows who we are. I feel like most people are comfortable in our home. Well, they keep coming back. They do keep coming back, <laughs> probably for you, not me. Uh, well, I think, I mean, it's kind of for church meetings for us, but I think for 
other people, they could apply it in their own lives just to having people over, having, you know, it might not be for a church meeting for them. They might just decide to once a month have several families over and entertain. I don't know. Well, so let's talk about that real quick. If you are, you want, you hear this and you're like, yes, I should entertain a little bit more. It helps bring out my Christianity, challenges me. I want to be more of an example to other people. We can talk uh, the goodness of God. See, the problem, the, the thing about this podcast is, yes, we're, we're going to get into uh, what church is mm-hmm. and the, the, the normal church out there, the institutional church, how it has so warped our minds that Christianity is now a thing you do on right. Wednesday nights right. and on Sundays. Sundays. And we wouldn't admit that. We would say, well, of course we carry our Christianity, but we don't. Right. We come right. home in our homes and we want to watch TV, sit down and enjoy our lives instead of give and give to others and that are around us. So let's talk about you know, who are the people that it's not for? Who is hospitality not yeah. for? Who is hospitality not for? Uh, well, I would say hospitality is not for sinners. Is that where you're going? <laughs> no, 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 what no. are okay. you talking about? I, I, I just threw it out there. But, but I guess where I was going is that there are certain times where it may not be for you. But I do think for the most part, it is for Christians to do, right? Right. But there might be times, you know, if, if you're in a, a place where it's just not feasible, you're getting older. Oh, sure. Or seasons of life. Or if you have some, maybe a child that's really sick and uh, vulnerable to sickness or whatever, you don't right. want people coming in your home. There could be times like that. Right. You don't want to make our excuses, but there are genuine excuses. Sure. So yeah. uh, just be aware of those. We're not suggesting that you just open your house and, well, we'll get into practical things. We'll go ahead and get in some of those practical things. So if you are wanting to be a, uh, you know, we actually looked up something the other day about our hospitality personality. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was weird. I actually took the test just because I was curious and I turned out to be... An entertainer. An entertainer. I didn't know what, what the other whatever options Whatever that were. means. <laughs> right. I guess I am the entertainer. But uh, the... Uh, Which isn't maybe too big of a stretch since, since in Bible college you were the fellowship king. I was the fellowship king. Oh. That's my label, unfortunately. <laughs> I am the fellowship king. But so this is... Something that was on our heart, we were talking about uh, hospitality, but you have more practical things. Like I like to get in the philosophy behind it of how it shows our character. It shows how we should be givers and lovers of people and putting their needs first and not our carpet or our couches or our things realize that little kids might come over. They might break things, which you, you can, you can have rules in place and be wise, but what are some practical things that we can do Our practical problems? Actually, there might be some problems with these things. Yeah. Well, the first thing for us, when we have church, we have a meal. And I guess most oftentimes, if you're going to have people over, you're going to have some kind of meal, some kind of cookout, some kind of something. So, uh, for us, when, when we do church, we try to think of things that are easy to cook because if you're going to have a lot of people, you don't want something that is going to take hours and hours and hours to prepare. Which now is not the time to try to impress. No, probably. I mean, you want good food, but still easy is going to be a big deal, at least for us. Right. Don't do those filet mignons? Uh, probably not. That would be good for <laughs> me, though. But Okay, so food, keep it easy. You also uh, think of the mess. Um, you know, some foods are just going to be really, really messy. I know for years we would, 
when we went to other people's house for church and we'd bring brownies, you're going to find little brown spots all over the floor everywhere. Right. Like it's just going to happen. So you just got to think about how messy this is going to be. And, you know, you might not mind, but you should always be aware of what this is going to do. Yes, this would definitely challenge your way of life. So sure. you, where you have to think about others. Once again, this is all others minded. Hospitality is all about thinking about others, which I think is a good Christianity trait, a Christian trait, not Christianity, but right. Christian trait that we are constantly thinking of others. And in part of that, we've changed our ways throughout the years. We no longer use glass plates, right? <laughs> we use plastic plates. We, we don't use paper Plates, we use plastic plates now, easier to clean up maybe. Maybe uh, paper plates work better. Paper plates are fine. They just uh, get expensive. And it does. doing this weekly, that gets to be a lot. So we opted for washing them. Right. And you have to realize this is a sacrifice. We, you're, taking, you're letting people come into your house. You're spending some money for food. Now, most people will probably bring some food too. Sure. Uh, so it's, 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 it's all good. Uh, so we have food, uh, the mess, kids. You got to think about kids, right? Other people's yeah. kids, yeah. especially these days. Yeah. Why do you have to think about kids? Well, kids are fun, but kids are active. And uh, when you're talking about food, kids can't eat things that are too spicy. Kids. Um, allergies. Well, allergies. So, I mean, like if you're just going to have a family over, it's always good to, I like to ask, is there anything you don't eat? Any right. specific food allergy? You don't want to make something that none of them can eat. Uh, for church, you know, we just try to, like I say, keep it. Simple, and um, I wouldn't want to make something that takes forever. Through a, we have like a buffet line, so if you have tacos and there's like 15 different toppings, well, it's going to take you know two hours to get everybody through the line. So it's like, okay, what can we just scoop and put on your plate and keep moving so we can get everybody through the line so right. we can eat? So that's kind of important for us, especially with kids. They're kind of slow. Uh, very slow. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, the timing. What about timing? Well, for us. Like with our church meeting, we've changed it up through the years. And right now we get together and we eat first. So I just, you know, have to think about things that are going to be able to be made and be ready to eat right away. But when you have a meeting first, you have to think about how can we keep all the food hot or, right. you know, cook things that can just sit for a while in the oven or the crock pot or wherever. Well, now we're at an advantage because every day we are preparing food for a good number of people. There's nine right. of us living here. Most people out there don't do that. They have two kids or something like that. Right. So this might be a stretch for them. We have daughters and well, sons too, but daughters who like to prepare food and get into it. That's a, another child training type thing that you can do with your kids is help them prepare for a meal. They should, by the time they're 13 years old, be able to prepare a meal for 30 people. That is, uh, that's something that every yeah. young lady should be able to do. Right. Even a young man should be able to do. It's not that yeah. hard. Right. Uh, it's something that we should promote more of. Uh, and unfortunately, the church does not. They have these church socials and no one wants to have people at their own home, right. unfortunately. Well, when you were talking about kids, the other thing you have to think about is uh, when kids come in your house, kids like to play. And so it's good to have toys. It's good for them to have something to do. Um, sometimes people want to just put everything away, but yep. kids are going to get pretty antsy. So they're going to look for something to do. So if you don't want them playing with your fine china on your coffee table, you might want to put that away and get out something for them to right. do, whatever that is. And I mean, for us, we, we still have a lot of toys from our kids. Yep. And I, I like to keep toys around because we have a lot of people that come. But I do... 
you know, ask some of our younger kids to put away things that they know could be easily broken. Right. Things, you know, things that they, they want to hold on to for years <laughs> right. to come. Which, you know, kind of leads us up to where we have a guest room. And in our guest room, we have shelves and we have toys on our shelves. And one of your sisters, I think it was, that came over and like, why do you guys have toys out? Your kids <laughs> don't still play with all this? I'm like, not really, but it's for other people that show up. And right. and that's one of the things we talked about in our backyard. We'd like to put up a jungle gym type thing, swing right. set, whatever. Yeah. Our kids are getting a little too old for it, even yeah. though I think the two younger ones would, would like to swing. Uh, but they have, it's it, once again, it's others focused. Right. The whole point of Christianity is not about me. It's about my my wife immediately my children and the, my neighbors my whole life should be geared to thinking about others not right. just myself right and it's so easy to get focused on ourselves and we get lazy and i just want to enjoy my life but i'm not going to be very effective to the world out there if i don't give right and so my house i want it to be a safe haven i want it to be i am not afraid of the government I know we have friends out there that are a little afraid of the government. I don't care if they know where I'm at. I want people to find me. Yeah. I want to be a blessing to this world. I can't be a blessing to this world if I hide out in the middle of the woods and make it very difficult to, for people to find me. Right. It's just that I'm insignificant. The government doesn't care about me. Uh, I invite people, my friends, they come over. We enjoy ourselves. We, we lift up the name of Jesus. We, we pray, we sing, we do all kinds of fun things here too. We play volleyball, we, we even yep. play board games sometimes <laughs> and uh, play cards, whatever we do. We're, but we want to do that with the body of Christ. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily do that with sinners, right. inviting them. We usually go out to do our ministry. But if you feel like you want to bring it in, you be, need to be very, very careful. Right. Well, I know when our kids were young, we always would say that if it's not fun for everyone, it's not fun. It's not fun. So I feel like, you know, when you have guests over, if the kids aren't having fun, the parents probably won't enjoy their time either. So it's right. good to have something for kids to do. Absolutely. So we thought about getting something outside in the backyard. So maybe that's still on the agenda. What about being clean? We like to be clean here, but sometimes being too clean might be a problem. Oh, it definitely can go too far. And I'm having church here every week, there have been times where I spend so much time and so much effort to try to make everything perfect. And you don't need everything to be perfect when you have people over. You do want things picked up, though. And you definitely don't want to leave things where people could get hurt, things right. get broken. And if you walk into a house that just looks like a disaster, you're not going to feel very comfortable. So it's you're going to feel a little stressed, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Like, or at least uh, I do. I like things, you know, at least picked up. It might not be totally. You but know, having said that, we want to encourage people to at least make the effort right. you don't have to have your house perfect no and no. Uh, go ahead and invite people uh, some of the basic things that i would suggest is start slow yeah don't start with 100 people at your house right. start with just that one family that you like that right. you feel comfortable with and you can start with that invite them over for a game night don't even do anything spiritual necessarily you know <laughs> just play a game and see where that goes and uh, you'd be amazed what happens. Uh, the conversations that come out of that, the, um, uh, see, I'm not supposed to say, um. <laughs> well, I know for our year of hospitality that we called it when we got the coffee maker and we were trying to use that as our goal for the year, we um, started with 
having one family a month over some new couple, a family, right. somebody just for dinner one night a month and just apart to get church. to apart from church, right. right. Just to get to know somebody, just to try to, you know, stretch out a little bit more from what we were used to. And I think we learned a lot and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. And it, it can be a challenge because our life can get interrupted. Yeah. But as Christians, we should be open to having our lives interrupted. Yeah. We still need to get our things done. I still need to spend time with my wife, my kids, discipline my kids, train them up. Uh, they have duties they still need to do. So it can get a challenge sometimes if your house is a revolving door with guests. Sure. So you, you've got to be wise with that. Uh, but most of us don't struggle with that part. We don't even have a guest come into our house uh, once a year usually. Uh, so rules, let's let's get to the rules. Rules are very important. I know people feel like if you're hospitable, you cannot have rules, but that is not true. You don't want families just to come over and run roughshod over your house and just destroy your place just because you let them in your house, right? Right. No, it's good to have rules and you definitely need to have somebody, you usually do, to communicate those rules and let everybody know. I think it actually makes people feel more comfortable when they know, okay, this is, these are the boundaries. Kids right. aren't allowed here. They're not allowed here or, right. you know, food. People don't know. Can we bring this downstairs for us? Our kitchen's upstairs. So, right. you know, we ask people don't bring food and drinks downstairs on the carpet. Right. People don't know about shoes. Sometimes you walk in, you see people without shoes and you're like, what's, what's the deal? You know? So sometimes it helps if you, well, it always helps, but it's good to communicate rules right. to people that come over. Not, may, may, not maybe make, when they first walk in and you just start going through the rules. That might be intimidating. Right, but just be very clear. If it's something that's important to you, like don't go in this room. Right. This room is off limits. Make that very clear. Yeah. Or have a sign or lock it. In right. our case, we lock the studio and uh, no one's allowed in there. Other things like food, don't eat on the carpet. That's reasonable. Right. Just make sure you're clear with it. People want to respect your place. They, yeah. they don't want to just trash, you know, that old saying, make yourself at home. Well, don't, don't, don't say that. <laughs> right. You don't want me laying on your couch necessarily, but um, I'll rearrange your furniture because I don't like the setup. That's how I would um, if I'm at home, right? Yeah. But uh, no, not really. So these are some basic things. Rules aren't, aren't bad, right? No, not at all. I know for us, we, you know, we also have that rule of, it's not necessarily a rule, but when you, people come over, especially for church, you always tell people this is not a, a safe haven or whatever. We try to tell people, watch your kids. Yes, it's, because just because you're around Christians doesn't mean we're always <laughs> living like that and you can have bad things happen. So you just always need to be aware right? and, and just always kind of have your mentality that I'm watching out here. So anyway, ultimately, what is... It, let's flip the script a little bit here. And what if you're going to people's homes? You should be pretty gracious, right? Yeah, very gracious. It's good to help them out a little bit. Absolutely. You want your kids to behave. You want to make sure they're not tearing apart somebody else's house. Just like, I mean, the golden rule, whatever you yep. would want somebody to do to you, you should do it to them. So how you would want people to act in your home that's how you should be in there. So no, don't walk in with mud everywhere and chomp through their house. Or. Well, some friends might think that's all right in their house. So well, maybe so, <laughs> but I think you should try to go above and beyond even what, you know, maybe something is okay in your house, but wanting to be careful not to offend somebody else or to want them to make you leave quickly. Yeah. So I think, you know, we're closing this segment out here pretty soon and we're going to answer some questions and look at a, a book here shortly. But the, at the end of this, the, the goal 
is to let your Christianity shine before others. And the one of the best ways to do that is to do that in your home where right. people are relaxed. They're right. not caught off guard. You know, when you go to a place, you put on your best, you know, you put on your best face, you put right. on your best clothes and we're going to an event and kids, shh, you just sit there and be quiet. Well, right. when you're in a home, sometimes you let your guard down and the real you comes out. Well, there's an opportunity there to, to be a blessing to others, especially if you're a church leader. If you see some young family who's struggling with their kids and their kids aren't listening, you can pull them aside gently. You don't have to embarrass them right. and, and say, hey, we've been where you've been before. This is what we have done and we want to help. The, yeah. This is what Christianity is. I want to be a blessing. I want to help others. I'm not sitting there trying to be critical of everybody. I let a lot of things go in my house. I wouldn't <laughs> let my kids do. Right. But that is, I would rather have this, the soul of this child be formed than to worry about my couch or right. my carpet that got grape juice spilled on it, even though I wouldn't be very happy at that moment, right. but we'd clean it up and, yep. and figure it out and maybe talk to the family like, Hey, you didn't listen to the rules. They, they brought the grape juice down and whatever. But that's, it's important to remember that souls are more important than carpet, Absolutely. wood floors. And in my job, I go into very, very, very fancy homes and there is no way these people are being very hospitable because their floors, I went to a lady's house where her living room floor was a wood floor, it was a special floor, it was $500,000 just for the floor. Wow. I'm like, ain't no one in our church going to be welcome in this house. Wow. And no kids are welcome in this house. And that's a shame. That, that really is. Shame. is. Uh, I don't, you don't want to live in a museum. So sometimes we have to rethink the way we live. And I know hospitality is one of those small little things, but it is a requirement for leaders. So think right. about it. If you're in a church where you've never been to your pastor's house, not once, he's not acting like a real leader. He's right. not being a biblical church leader, a pastor, or whatever you want to call him, bishop, elder. He is not being the biblical elder by not having people in his house. And we're not talking about other church leaders, you know, where we're having a, a business meeting. Like he's not at, at inviting the normal church people in his house often, right. he's supposed to be apt to do this. He's supposed to be ready to do this with a cheerful heart. Then there's something wrong with that picture. Yeah. Well, so. I think when you talk about hospitality, what comes to mind is just serving. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity for, for me to learn to serve, for me to teach my kids how to serve Absolutely. other people. And, you know, the Bible talks about serving. And if you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant yep. of all. Absolutely. And I know we joke around the servant's heart and all that, but it does teach us to think of others and be a servant. So Joshua, why don't we go ahead and, and get out of here and we will uh, come back with the, the next uh, segment. So let's go ahead and get on out of here. You're listening to the Mike Charleston Podcast. Okay, we are back. We are going to be doing a little book review. We haven't done that on the podcast yet. Now, our family, we, we actually homeschool our kids. I know that's shocking. But in, in homeschooling your kids, you, you get geeks and, and stuff like that. They, they like to read and like to do all kinds of weird things. So we've, we've created little computer geeks and uh, stuff like that. But 
in reading these books, uh, I've noticed my boys, they don't read as much, but the girls still love to read. And as they get older, it's no more fiction. It's a lot of nonfiction. And one of the books that you, Sarah, babe, (laughs) just finished reading and just loved. You couldn't speak more highly about it. You just loved the book. It was a book called Defying Jihad. You got it. By Esther Ahmad. Ahmed. Not sure how to pronounce it. Ahmad, I guess. I'm, I'm not sure. Ahmad. A-H-M-A-D. Ahmad. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and all the kids, all the girls at least, have read this story. And they all love it too. Hannah's actually done it twice. Right. Well, Hannah actually brought it to me. I try to read a book uh, as we go through the week. Like after breakfast, we'll finish eating and then I'll read a chapter of some book that we're going through because we just enjoy reading books. And so she had brought this one to me and said, I think it's something you should read out loud to everybody. And so I was eager to read it and we started and it's very captivating from the very beginning. It's one we wanted to keep reading and keep reading and quit with all the rest of the school we needed to do. So, you know, we have different missionary stories that we love. And would you rank this up as a, it's not really exactly a missionary story because she wasn't a missionary. Right. She's in a, a hostile place. Yeah. Her, her family, her dad um, is a Muslim. These are Muslims. Right. And she converts to Christianity. And if you're not aware, Muslims don't really like that. Right. That doesn't and usually go so well. No. And her dad thought about killing her and obviously right. didn't. Right. And it goes from there. So it's, 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 it's exciting to listen to. It's it breathtaking it's, at times, it's right? Nice. It's refreshing because it's current. Like this girl is actually still alive today. She does not really, uh, she doesn't have contact with her family anymore because right. of good reason. But um, true story. And just to, to hear how God worked in her life. And I mean, she was ready to sign up. For, well, she did sign up for Jihad. She was at a meeting and she raised her hand and felt like this would be a way to finally win the heart of her father who never really loved her. And so she raised her hand and was going to be a suicide bomber. And just shortly, two nights before she was going to start her jihad training, she had a dream and changed everything. And so it's a great story. And I just don't want to give away much because everybody should read it. Well, I know, but you do have to give a, a little bit of a review. But the kids, the girls, I know we were talking about this earlier, and they were just... Sometimes we take things for granted sometimes. Like I've been studying world religions for years in Bible college, outside of Bible college. I have plenty of books about Islam and other world religions. So I know about that stuff. Right. The kids don't necessarily know all this stuff. They haven't read that stuff yet. So this is kind of like, wow, there are, this is like a real story of what's going on in the Middle East. And I know it's just one story out of, out of many but still that there are people that are, this is life and death to them. Sometimes right. in America, we we get so caught up in our easy life that we forget that people are actually dying out there for their faith. Right. And when we get, you know, a, a, a different presidential candidate gets elected, we get all nervous and start sweating. This, this yeah. girl actually, her mom and dad, well, her dad, um, is actively trying to kill her. Right. We can't experience, yeah. we, we don't know what that's like no. just because we believe something, you know, right. that's, that's, that's hard to understand. Right. So I don't, I don't know if people out there are familiar with some of these books like Brutchko, yeah. um, that it's was one, one that you read to your kids. I was asking you earlier, does it compare to Brutchko? 
uh, that's one of our favorite missionary books. Uh, Lords of the Earth is one of my favorite missionary books, or Peace Child. Right. Um, I don't know if it compares to those, and it's just it's kind of different. It's different. I mean, I would say just as good as those, but just in a different way. Now, is it as intense? Like, would how old would you say this book is for? For whom? Well, I've read it to all of ours, and Lydia yes, being but twelve. We, we've done a little bit books. Maybe people wouldn't appreciate. Well, I would say twelve and up is definitely good because it's pretty intense. It it. it it is intense, right. yes. Like, it's it's not dirty or anything. It's no, clean, but no. it's just, you're, you're talking about suicide bombers and right. different subjects like that right. where they're going to, they're trying to kill her. Yeah. And that may not be for your eight-year-old. Right. <laughs> so no, just, maybe not that young. Just be aware of that. But it's definitely one of those books that you want to promote. I would definitely promote it. I'd recommend, I think every Christian should read it at some point. Like, I think it's, it's just so inspiring. And even after she gets saved, instead of oftentimes with Muslims, they're just killed right away. And right. she thought that might happen and realized that might happen. But her father, instead of killing her right away, set up debates in his home and had clerics and Muslim leaders, the smartest of the smartest, to debate her, realizing that he's going to be able to convince her to come back to right. Islam. And it was wonderful because her answers just reminded me so much of how Jesus interacted with the Pharisees. Sure. And when when the Pharisees would think they've got him tricked, and then he would respond with his responses. It just when the Gospels say that you don't have to think ahead of what you're going to say because he'll give you the words. It's exactly what happened in right. her life. So yeah, this is something that you really like. You wanted me to to read it or listen to it at some point. And maybe it's on Audible. It is on Audible. That's good. Well, Audible does not support this show right now, <laughs> but you can get the show through Audible. But maybe I will listen to it. I do do listen to a lot of audiobooks. And so this one, we haven't done like a book review. It's not a really professional book review because she doesn't want to give away half of it. But this was something that you really believe in and really like. So if you are curi curious about Islam, and how yeah. they live. That's right. what our kids didn't really know was right. how they lived. Right. Uh, this is kind of right up that alley. Right. So, and just to see this this story of courage and how God can use a young lady. Yep, absolutely. So, okay. All right, Joshua, get us out of here. And when we come back, we will answer some of, well, actually we'll answer only one email, but it's a good email question. The Mike Charleston Podcast. The Mike Charleston Podcast. Hey, hopefully you're enjoying our program here. If you would like to connect with us and like to email us some questions or make a comment uh, that would be read on the show, you can t email us at talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. That is talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. And if you're getting this through the Apple podcast, please leave a review. If it's a positive one, please leave a review. Uh, that's how people would find the show and spread it. Tell people about the show if you like it. If not, uh, that's all right. Um, but that's talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. Thank you. We are back. And thank you for pushing the button there, Joshua. We are back and we are going to be doing the email now we don't have an email jingle or anything like that but we're so we're just going to play some music through the, the the background while we answer 
the question, but we actually do have an email. I did get an email from someone in Pakistan, a very long email, very well-spoken, and I don't know if he's listening, but it's, uh, I have to think about that. He wants, uh, um, he's doing some kind of ministry, but would like some kind of tracks or something like that um, to pass out in his little area. But anyway, the, the, we got another question. Now, this question is a very interesting question, babe, right up our alley. Uh-oh. Oh, uh-oh, for sure. So this question goes right up, is right up our alley. Um, we love to talk about family issues, uh, marriage issues. Yeah. Uh, so here's the question. On rearing children, if both parents have different ideas on a topic and both feel very strongly, how do you work that out? Mm, that's a good that's great a question. tough one that's right i don't know if that's ever happened in our house oh no <laughs> <laughs> so more early on than than lately yeah for uh, sure. we know each other pretty well we've been married 22 years yep and you kind of get to know each other now but early on we did have some we were changing a lot of things in our life just ideas and, and one specific thing being church Right. And you were uncomfortable with that at first. But this is not talking about that. This is more of children. So as a woman who is supposed to submit to her husband, how hard is this at times? It can be very difficult, especially when you feel so strongly about something. You've studied it, you've you've researched, and you feel like you really have answers, and you feel like you need to go a certain direction, and then... Your husband doesn't care. Yep. And that can be quite difficult. (laughs) Right. Well, so what we have to realize in this question is pride. Now, when I say pride, we have the pride of the woman and the pride of the man. Unfortunately, the pride of the man is probably stronger. Yep, usually. That's right. (laughs) But there's every human struggles with pride. Yep. And everyone thinks they're right. That's right. Right. Am I right or am I right or am I right? (laughs) So yeah, I'm. Uh, everyone thinks that they are right, and uh, so yeah. But anyway, no. So we all think we're right, and so we have to respect each other. So obviously, when it comes to children, we have different ideas. When you um, when you first get married, you have different yeah. ideas that you think about children. So you had ideas, I had ideas. Ideas you don't realize. You feel like in your courtship or dating or whatever it was when you get to know each other, you feel like you talked about all the big things, but it's a whole different thing when you bring that baby home from the hospital or when, you know, as that child starts to grow, you realize, oh, this is a little different than I thought. Well, a case in point, this little story for us, uh, I thought I could handle rearing kids. I'm like, man, I'm good. This is easy. And Abigail came. It was easy. It was a little challenging. We messed her up <laughs> the first six months of her life. We, we just, we did things you're not supposed to do. We learned a lot. Yes. We, we just, we don't always, you don't, you're not supposed to always give what she wants. We're going to spoil her. Right. And so we had to change and things got better. Then Rebecca was born. Rebecca was like the perfect baby. She just yeah. didn't complain, didn't cry, didn't really do anything. Her and Abigail were just sweet little girls. Yeah. Then Jeremiah came along. And I don't know if it was just because he's the third or because he was the first boy or whatever, but we couldn't handle it anymore. And well, it became I feel like very stressful. the third is just hard, especially Abigail was only two at the time. So we right. had two, one and a baby and you can hold two babies, you can hold two hands, but once you have that third, it, it gets tough yeah. and they all want your attention. Right. 
And so we had to figure out what to do. Yeah. And it was then that I started searching for answers and started finding all these teachers out there teaching on children, right. child, child training. training. And boy, there's a whole wide world of ideas <laughs> out there. Yep. And so we had to figure out ours and we worked together on it. And so we came up with something that worked for us and it worked. Yep. Now, there were some issues, I guess, along the way, but you submit to me willingly. I'd never demand it from you and nor should a husband ever demand it. You understand that I am the head of the house. This is a very controversial thing in America, especially in the Western world. They don't understand God's order. Uh, the man is the head of the house, not because he's worthy of it, right? not because he's good at it, right? because God it's, declares it right. and it's God just... says it. And so that is the important thing to remember here. So children, both parents have different ideas on a subject. So what, they didn't get very specific, so we have to guess, mm. right? So what are some of the things that could be an issue? Well, when you talk about kids, like you said, we had to come up with our idea of disciplining Absolutely. kids. And so we each were raised somewhat differently. We weren't raised in the same home. So nope. even if your parents spanked and my parents spanked or you know, we had the same methods per se, we still each have our own interpretation of what that looks like. Absolutely. When to spank or how often to spank or do you use a stick? Do you use some kind of rod? Do you do we take even spank them, at all? Do you, you spank change, at all? Do right. you take them in a different room? Should it only be you since you're the head or right. should I do it too? And so right. there's so many different ideas that come into play. And of course I have mine and you have yours and they don't always match. <laughs> no, but that's where communication comes in. And so many families aren't very good at that. Right. But this is a, this is a good thing. So talk it out. You discuss it. Obviously it sounds like these people have talked it out. They have different ideas right? and they feel very strongly. Right. So let's just use the spanking for example. Um, some people might feel very strongly for it. Yeah. The dad, he's, I was spanked and look at me, I turned out well. <laughs> and then the wife is like, yeah, but I don't want you spanking my kids because right. you get angry yeah. and I don't believe in spanking now. So now what do we do? That's what I think he's talking about. Something right. like that, where I feel very strongly, we need to spank and discipline. And I don't think we need to spank. Well, unfortunately, the Bible talks about in Ephesians 5, where wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. That is, that's, you know, you'll hear that verse a good bit. Uh, for husbands is the head of the wife, even as, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. This is not easy. Nope. Not at all. No. Nope. Um, this is very difficult, especially with some guys out there. They don't really do a very good job, and you want these right. women to submit. And that very word submit has a very negative connotation in our society. It does, and it can be very difficult. But when you talk about the order that it has there in Ephesians 5, I don't see any other way. Right. The church does not dictate to the Lord. No. Christ. No, Christ no. is the head. This is the comparison. Right. Now, Likewise, now let's move on to the next verse. It says, husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Now, this is the guy's job to love. So, in a loving relationship, I consider what you have to say. 
I, I assume that you have good things to say. Now, I'm assuming both are Christians here. Right. And I assume that you have good things to say. You have good ideas. Right. Now, maybe sometimes you don't, but <laughs> let's just assume you do. But, but, but I could still present my ideas to you in a, in a loving way. We can just have a casual conversation. I could say things I've been reading or things I've noticed other parents have I've been watching what they've done and what's worked and I could say obviously we both want trained children yep. so I could say well what about doing it this way or what about this well the loving thing for me to do is not just to do what you say right. that's not loving or respectful that's that's just giving into what you want right the loving and respectful thing to do is to listen yeah. I know that's hard for some guys <laughs> to listen actually listen consider right. to listen and to consider what this woman has, your wife has studied or talked about or thought about. She's thinking about these things. So it's important to her. I don't care what it is. If it's important to your wife, you should listen and consider what she has to say. Now, at the end of the day, you may not agree with it and you still may uh, end up doing your thing. Right. But I think your wife will respect you a lot more if you sit down and listen to her and say, I like your points here. But at the end of the day, I think this is where we need to go because of this. Right. But you have to think about it and consider it. You're going to have to go to the Lord and think about it. Right. Well, and as much as it is something for both of you to consider, at the end of the day, the woman does need to respect, submit, and go with what you want. Right. These are... I know this is going to sound terrible. These are his kids. He's right. in charge. God has given the authority to raise these kids. You are a helpmeet to that process, and you're probably with them the most. So right. you have great influence. There is no doubt. I think a woman, a mother, is the most important thing in this this world. Honestly, the, the, their job is the most. You, you are forming a child's heart more than a man would. Now, saying that, the discipline. Another issue is like food, right? We came up with a couple ideas, food and schooling, but food is a huge one. (laughs) Food's big because I don't know any conversation I've been with any group of ladies. We can quickly talk about food and women get really passionate. Now, when we talk about food, we're also talking about health. Right. Diet, nutrition, whether we should be gluten-free or keto or grain-free or, you know, all these things and women get really really passionate about it and and the husbands don't care right and to many women it's life and death because if you feed your kids the wrong things you're killing them yeah i mean so what happens when your husband doesn't care that here here we have once again the husband shouldn't not care does that make sense shouldn't right he should care but if he doesn't and he decides babe i don't care we're gonna i want to eat hamburgers and french fries and milkshakes and uh, that's what we're gonna feed our kids now that's not a very loving husband, but once again, a wife's duty is to honor. But let me let me throw out one thing there. How else do you convince your husband to do other things? Maybe you don't have to be so aggressive. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't have to be like, I read this book and I'm so smart and I know what I'm talking about and you don't know what you're talking about. You're just a dumb man. <laughs> you know, here's here's what we're going to do. That's kind of you're putting him back on his heels and he has to start defending himself. Well, start with things that you can agree on, you know, right. like, hey, would you mind reading this? Or do you mind if I read this to you? Or do you mind if I let the kids start drinking this type of milk or not drinking right. this type of milk or not drinking milk at all or being vegetarian? And <laughs> like, no kid of mine's going to be a vegetarian. <laughs> and, right. Uh, you know, so those things, you just slowly 
talk about, and we've done that throughout the years. Right. Well, and oftentimes a husband doesn't mind if the wife wants to eat a little more broccoli or vegetables, as long as he doesn't have to yeah, smell you it. Don't force me to eat it. Uh, that's fine. But um, most men are not going to be so adamant that the woman and the children only eat hamburgers and French fries all day. So you could, you know, try to say, you know, I think it's probably good if we put a little more vegetables in our diet. Maybe if we don't and most guys are reasonable. Most. Most. Most sure. Christian guys are reasonable. Most. Yes. And we'll, we'll understand. Now, that's where you don't, the woman doesn't want to take over and be like, oh, fine. Right. You've given me control. So I'm going to, it's a good way for a woman to control yeah. the situation and start taking control of the, the family. Another one is schooling. Now, yeah. we homeschool our kids and we were on the same page early on, but we've had, we've known people that once they get married, they've changed their mind. Right. And the wife or the husband no longer wants to homeschool. Right. That's a problem. That is a problem. And when they feel strongly about it, what are you going to do? Now, a woman might say, well, I want to homeschool. It is the right thing to do. I know all these things. I have all the facts. And and the dad's like, nope. Husband's like, right. nope, nope, nope. You're sending them to school. Guess what? The kids are going to school. Right. That is. Well, that's, she can be right and wrong at the same time because she is right. I think it is the right thing to do for her to homeschool. But she'd be wrong if she's going against his authority and right. he's saying, I want him in school. That's tough to hear. Gotta go. I mean, that that's, I could hear some of the ladies out there going, yeah, but okay, so you might be a great husband, but my husband is not. <laughs> well, that's too bad. That's yeah. your husband. And that's something you're going to have to deal with with God. You're going to have to pray and seek God's advice on those things. But I can't go against scripture. Nope. And to give him the authority in his house might actually help him to be a better godly man. Right. If you start stripping that and emasculating him, it's going to make him kind of retreat more or to get more angry right. and to lash out more, uh, which is not acceptable. There's no excuses for any of that stuff. No, uh, a man should not. be loving. Uh, but from a man's perspective, which is my perspective, <laughs> He should love his wife. He should consider those things. Uh, most guys aren't actively seeking out, hey, diets right. per se. Right. A lot of women like to look at diets and things like that. And sometimes we can get on the same page and be like, yeah, I don't mind if we want to eat. I want to be more healthy. Just I don't want to get too crazy. Mm -hmm. And some ladies can get crazy out there. Some guys can get crazy with their diet and their, their wife's like, you want me to have this special diet, but I can only spend so much money that's impossible right so you have to be reasonable about it but the, at the end of the day it's more about communication yep communication is key and and really always remembering the order in scripture and we know ultimately there's got to be a head there's got to be somebody in charge just like in a in military you have somebody who's the leader and then right. you have all the people who follow they have to follow or it doesn't work out well no and if you're still upset at the leader that's too bad. I right. mean, he still is the leader. Right. It's easy for us not to be mad at Jesus because he's perfect, right? Yeah. But he's the head of man and man is right below and he's in charge of the woman. And mm. the husband is in charge of the wife and I shouldn't say in charge of, but head of. Right. And we're the head of the children then. Well, Jesus Christ is perfect. Here's a news flash, and I know this might shock some of you ladies. Guys aren't perfect. <laughs> and actually they are messed up sometimes and they got some weird ideas and they don't care sometimes. They just, they come across as uncaring to their wife's needs. And that's a whole nother episode. Yeah, <laughs> that, pretty is, much. that is something that we guys need to get better at is paying attention to our wife's needs. And if we can 
uh, look at our wife's needs, I think they will respect us more, even if we disagree. Like yeah. I remember that one time we disagreed uh, specifically about church, but I persuaded you night out and talked about it and talked about it until you gave it a try, you know, and, and you were like, okay, well, let's see. And so you were being gracious yeah. and I was trying to persuade you. And I think that's how it goes that the, the lady or the man, whatever issue uh, is the, the, the deal here needs to be gracious coming to the other person that disagrees as a leader of my house, I feel that I need to be persuasive to, to you right. and to my kids. You know, just laying down the law doesn't usually go over very well. No. It's like, this is what we're going to do, whether you like it or not. No, <laughs> and, but nor does nagging. And when the woman continually, you know, day in and day out wants to bring up the food and can we eat this or the schooling or whatever the issue might be, if she's continuing day after day to to nag her husband about it, that's probably not going to go well either. The big question, I guess, for the person not getting what they want, which is usually the ladies, do you trust the Holy Spirit? Right. Do we trust in our prayers? Yeah. The, the powerful, the, 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 the power of a praying wife, I know it's a book, but <laughs> honestly, the power of a, a praying wife and husband, but specifically a wife, she's not getting what she wants and she thinks it's godly or good and it's not happening. Do we really believe that God's going to be with us and answer our prayers? That is the challenge. Yep. And sometimes we have a cantankerous husband, <laughs> and sometimes that's me. And uh, But God gets our attention. And if he doesn't, that's too bad. So right. anyway, uh, I hope that helps. I know that's going to probably uh, fire up some, some questions and things like that. But uh, hopefully that's what we got. I think that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you for being on. I hope you enjoyed it. Well, thanks for having me. Yes. Well, it's not the first time. Well, it is the first time. It's not going to be the last time. People want to hear from you, babe. Okay. So, all right. We'll go ahead and get out of here. Thank you, Joshua, for being on the uh, controls and uh, doing all the sounds. And thank you, babe, for being on. And we'll see you in a, hopefully in about a week. You've been listening to the Mike Charleston Podcast.